and welcome back to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Romeo. And this week, we're taking our third trip to a creepy prom. I, I've never been to a prom in my life. I've You've been, been to three proms. I've I, been to three yes, proms I've been with three you. now. Um, we've gone to the prom together. Uh, yeah. Mm. 2013's Carrie. Right. We gave you a preamble last week that we were banking episodes, so... Any extra things that you want to say about your week before we um, get into the movie or nah? House hunting takes strangely a lot out of you. Yes, it's exhausting. And and uh, you've been doing the work of actually looking for a place and I've been doing work of tramping the floor and, and looking at places and saying this looks nice. So I feel bad. Um, but I, I know that I'll be doing lots of heavy lifting. So yes. I'm seeing it as the vision of labor. We looked at a place just this morning. Um, which actually wasn't bad. I'm no, the house itself was nice. The area was not great, but right. the house was nice. The house itself is nice. It's an old Victorian. I love Victorian. Edwardian, actually. Edwardian. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, it would be. So it was really, uh, yeah, I en- uh, that part of it I enjoyed, but it's weirdly tiring because I never know what to say or if not to say anything. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a lot. And who knows if, so we're going to apply for two places over this weekend or tomorrow and see where we go. Yeah. I hate this. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is. It's the uncertainty. Once I find out where we're going, it's going to be a lot easier. Uh, not for me. Moving is literally my lead. I, yeah. would, I would rather give birth every day. I, I've never given birth. I still would rather give birth every day than move. I hate it. See, I yeah, hate it. I think, though, what, what the resolve for me or where I, I feel better about that is that now it's something I can do. I can physically move things into a yes, truck and move them out of a truck. I cannot. Yeah. So it's that makes me feel bad. Division of labor. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this. Speaking of labor, that's how we open Carrie. That's how we open Carrie. Right. So this movie uh, was made in... <laughs> that should be the pun on the title poster, Open Carrie. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Uh, we start... Let's talk about the movie generally. Okay. So uh, it's directed by Kimberly Pierce, a woman. Mm-hmm. Yay. I'm a, I'm a fan. She also made Boys Don't Cry. Okay. And Stop Loss, which is a movie that I like, but nobody remembers. And she's done a lot of TV stuff lately, including Dear White People, Halt and Catch Fire, and The L Word. So she's a good director, and I like her. Second, this movie was written by a comic book writer. <laughs> this movie was when they decided to do another remake. Mm-hmm. First of all, a lot of people were like, mm, why? There's already two. <laughs> and one of them is uh, a masterpiece, so they say. And they had Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. I definitely... Aguirre you did not Sacasa. say that right, no matter how hard you tried. I definitely didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for this one, but then there were reshoots based around the screenplay that they brought in Lawrence Cohen, who wrote the original movie. Oh, wow, that's crazy. To do a rewrite, and then there were reshoots around that rewrite. So a lot of this isn't so much a adaptation of the, the novel Carrie mm-hmm. as it is an adaptation of the 1976 movie Carrie. Okay. Right. So that's where we should start. Updated to a 2012 right. sensibility. And some of them are a very clever update, some of them not so much. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we've done the blow by blow twice now. So right. y'all know Carrie, right? Very unpopular, abused by her mom, 
psychic powers, goes to prom, pig blood, murders everyone. Right. The end. That's that's Carrie. We did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also the only one of the Carrie movies that cast an actual child in the role of Carrie. Mm. Sissy Spacek was 25 and Angela Bettis was 28 when they when they when they uh, which is amazing because both of them did great jobs as being that that child. Chloe Grace Moretz was 15 when they recorded wow. their film this, which means she could only work for eight hours a day. So a lot of those scenes where Julianne Moore is berating her mm-hmm. and she is not in the frame, she is not on the set. She is wow. being s- subbed in by Kimberly Pierce, the mm-hmm. uh, the director, which good. We needed lots of abuse apparently. <laughs> Uh, well, it's how you can film at night. <laughs> so, um, they also went through about a thousand gallons of blood because they did like 50 rehearsals, 50 mm. makeup tests and things. So this one starts differently than the other two. This one starts with Julianne Moore giving birth <laughs> in a bed. Now, now I, I think what one, and I want to say this before we go on. I don't mind that there are three versions of it. I don't either. And I think, mm, controversially, this might be my favorite one. I, I think what... I tend to look at it as there are different takes on the same performance. It's now a part of, I would say, Carrie is part of an American... It's it, the American classics, the new American classics in right. terms of literature. Yeah. So that these characters can be revisited the same way that we don't really worry about the upteenth time we've seen Little Women or the Scarlet Letter. It's always what performers bring to it. So that having been said, I'm impressed by what was brought to it this time. I'm impressed that it is not about the male gaze anymore. And it to is me, not, right, which is nice. Brian De Palma's lingering yeah. on teenage girls in the shower, that kind of and layering it, And knowing he gone. invited his buddies in for that day is yeah. upsetting. Right. So to, to go on, you said it was your favorite, so I guess... I we'll, think it might be my favorite Right. One. So Julianne Moore is fully unhinged. Goose for broke. She's doing the most. Right. And she, like, from the moment you see her for the very first time, you're like, oh. Right. (laughs) Because she's going to fully stab this newborn in the face, and then she doesn't. (laughs) Well, she, her performance, she really does the extra. I mean, she's... First of all, uh-huh. I don't know how they got both her and Chloe Moretz's hair to just look so fucking fried. Right. We know that Julianne Moore is an actress. Maybe it's a wig. Because it looks so deeply unhealthy. It looks like she washes it with bar soap. Like, it looks unhealthy. <laughs> it is straight and frizzy and... It looks rough to the touch right. in a in a really unpleased... And I don't mind, like... No, it looks like you can scour a texture, pot with it. But, like, is this is it looks like. bananas, what's right. happening here. This looks like a person who obviously spends zero time thinking about her right, their appearance. Her appearance, which she spends zero time thinking about her appearance. So I guess we're good. She says, you know, to herself aloud, kill it. She gets the scissors, and then it is unclear to me uh-huh. whether she stops herself or whether the baby stops her. 
And I think it is supposed to be unclear to me. I, I think it's supposed to be unclear later on at the very end, right before she stabs her daughter, she gives a confession that she wanted to at the moment, but fell in love with the baby. Fell in love with the baby. It's a very cute, very slimy baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should say that there's a, an obvious nod to the end of the film that she winds up covered in blood. Yes. And it, you knew that it was going to get rough at the very beginning when well, you're just also, following this trail of blood up, up the stairs into the bed. Yeah, yes, that's true. It, it's the, There's a level of graphicness to this movie that wasn't in either of the previous two versions. No, and that's actually... Uh, this movie was set to be released in October. Uh-huh. No. I'm sorry. What did I read? The film was delayed from March 15th, 2013 to October 18th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Chloe Grace Moretz has stated the reason was to add scarier scenes such as Margaret giving birth to Carrie. However, many fans also believe that another major reason was because of the Sandy Hook shooting that had occurred in December of 2012. Uh... It is also believed that the film's violence was heavily edited and cut for the same reason, which I can yeah. actually see because, yeah. especially compared to the Angela Bettis version, mm-hmm. where that whole fucking town was decimated. She killed hundreds of people. Right. People get out in this one. Yeah. So, um... Judy Greer escapes. <laughs> yes. Which is great, because I like Judy Greer. Well, she escapes in the other ones, too. Well, but... There She's was, moved. <laughs> I, does she escape in the other ones? I think in the first one she dies. The, the, she gets out in the second one because she's... Hanging right. up, and then she's being but I thought questioned. Ms. Dujardins gets killed in the first version. I, I, I don't. Think. I, I don't. Can't remember. It was a long time ago. Right. I don't know. Uh, my sense is no, because she survived in this one, and they're mm-hmm. relying a lot on that other one. But okay. I, I, I don't remember. She certainly gets smacked around for no particular yes. reason. Well, Carrie's mad. So we start there. Then we go to a pool scene. They're mm-hmm. playing. Like a water polo? pool, vod- no volleyball. Mm-hmm. It's volleyball in a pool for no reason. And I was like, "Oh no, is she going to start her period in this pool?" Which, which is a legitimate fear that I have. And I was just like, "Please don't do this to her because that's that would be fucking terrible." Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't. Thank God. She she starts it in the shower afterwards. Traditionally, very similar, but mm-hmm. this time Chris who is played by a girl that we've seen pretty recently. Uh, Portia Doubleday? Portia Doubleday. Um, I gotta think about where we just saw her. You saw her in Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah, she is in Mr. Robot, but that's not what I was thinking of. Fantasy Island. She's she's in all the ads to the new Fantasy Island movie. Mm -hmm. She's the girl that the main character wants to get revenge on, where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a good, that's a good, like, hologram. hologram, and then it's really her, that's her. Yeah, okay. And so, and, and because we saw that trailer no less than fucking 14 times, right. I was like, oh, I recognize her, and that's why. But yes, she was also, she's uh, his, Rami Malek's sister, or best friend. Sister? Best friend. Hi, I haven't seen Mr. Probot in a long time, and I'm two seasons behind. And she's a main character in that show as well. Takes out her phone and is filming mm-hmm. as they're doing this. And then, of course, she posts it to the internet because she's trash, um, which I liked, actually, because I was like, well, that's fucking what would happen. Like, it's that's, very modern, right? That is online mm-hmm. bullying. Like, if we're going to bring this to 2012, 2013, then we need to include that. Right. People need to have their phones and they need to use them. Uh, Carrie begs 
Miss Dujardine, who is Judy Greer, and the principal, who's played by Barry Shabaka Henley. He's got a great face. Uh, not to tell her mom, but of course they have to tell her mom. And I'm like, it's pretty clear that you know that her mom abuses the shit out of her. And she's begging you not to tell her mom. This is Don't one of the you things, think maybe you call CBS? Right. This is one of the things that does not age as well or is harder to maintain in a modern yes. context. Because I mean, there's a duty mm-hmm. to report. Right. Like teachers and principals have a duty I mean, to yeah, report. I think I mentioned that to you. I was an inst- not even an instructional assistant. I was an academic mentor uh-huh. with the Oakland Unified School System. And I had to sign a document claiming that if I had the least suspicion. Uh-huh. And so there was one case where there was a little girl who made up stories about herself constantly. And right. one of them was that her mom broke a chair over her head. I mean, the girl was two feet tall. You would have seen it. I was still very clearly obligated to report this to the teacher and the principal, despite the fact that it was one of the, you know, this child like it's was a clearly, fantasist. Right, you know? right. Um, but you still had to do it. So, yeah, this is not something that, it's something that you could get away with in the 1970s. It's not something that you can now. But I did like the touch with the video camera. I did like how that comes back to haunt her later. Yes. How it's projected on a screen during the... During uh, the prom scene, making everything right. worse. Yeah. Right. And it was... That worked in really well. But yes, the whole idea that... That um, that Carrie would be sent back to that home and there would be no suspicion, there would be no cops There'd around. There'd be no cops, there'd be no CPS called. I, I just... Right. I, I, that is where I strain because I'm just like... What did work in this version is to have it uh, emphasize the fact that Carrie was homeschooled up until that point and she was forced to go into regular school. Yes, in high school, which is why she doesn't know what's happening to her. Because I'm like, even in very religious places, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that menstruation is covered in health class. Right, they have to. But, you know, it goes along with the side of don't ever have sex. (laughs) But but I think that they have to tell these kids what's going to happen to them. And yeah, if she didn't get that before high school, high, they don't do that in high school. It's already too late. They're like, well. And something I did appreciate, I told you when I was watching the film that I liked about this one a little bit better, is that there's a different dynamic between Carrie and her mom. There is. Which is that her mom is definitely uh, not able to take care of herself. So Carrie sees this as like part of her responsibility to take care of She's her. She's very much a caregiver. I mean, mm-hmm. Margaret White has a job. We see her at... Uh, she works at a dry cleaner. She mm-hmm. does alterations, right. which makes sense because uh, she's also making all of Carrie's clothes, all of her clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why Carrie can make her her dress at the end. Like, she has these skills, right? But she has to interact with the public once, and it's uh, it was at Sue Snell's mall. Right, and it's excruciating to watch. Uh, she I just like how this woman remains. I, it, it's very much... It's the way that now we'd see like an Asperger's person uh-huh. or a person with Asperger's, I shouldn't say an Asperger's person, a person with Asperger's be portrayed like mm-hmm. this is a social situation for which they are ill-equipped. Yeah. Uh, she starts basically calling everybody's daughters whores. Uh, it's like, it's wild. Well, she also, like, the, 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 this, um, the first, uh, Piper Laurie. Yeah who did the first uh, screen interpretation yes. of Margaret White, went in the direction of an incredibly domineering, loud event. She even dressed like Amy Semple McPherson. It was very, very over the top. But it really worked well in that performance because she just steamrolled over her daughter mm-hmm. and steamrolled over everyone. Yes, and she so steamrolls people... everybody. And, now, and Carrie was 
very much a shrinking violet. Right. That is Trodmulder. not what this, this is. Not what this is. In this version, Margaret White is a woman who, when she's confronted with something that she can't control, begins beating her head against the wall yes. or stabbing herself. She's and yeah, yeah, she's got wounds all over her body. She's very much a self-flagellant. Yeah. Uh, and then a. She's a, she also flagellates her daughter. Right. Like. So I think that this dynamic works better for this film because it makes it less like Carrie's there out of being just horribly abused yeah. and more realizes that her mom is going to get taken away to the funny farm yeah. if she gets reported. So I think that kind of helps modernize it a little bit too. Yeah. So let's talk about sort of the, the different people's paths. So mm-hmm. we have Chris Harkinson, who is our bad girl, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend, what's his name? Tommy? No, Tommy is the good one. Mm-hmm. Billy? Billy Nolan. Billy Nolan. And Billy Nolan is a a, a man. <laughs> He's a right. full-grown-ass man uh, who is dating Chris. It's intimated that they are definitely having sex. Oh, yeah, no, it's more than intimated. We see them in bed together after the act. So he's definitely sleeping with somebody who's underage. So good, 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 good. The, the, the biggest sort of thing for me with that relationship was this motherfucker is not going to prom. Right. Like Chris's whole thing is we're going to go to prom and he's going to prom with me. You don't know him because he doesn't go to the school, whatever. And I'm like, this dude is a stone cold psychopath and definitely is not going to your dumb prom. Like, right. what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, this version of the character, yes, the way that I see it. Right. Um, I, I mentioned this to you when you were watching it as well, is that Billy never really gets a lot of story. No. He's basically uh, except, a pawn for Chris, right. but in this one, it's sort of the other way around. Right. He's enabling her in some he of the is. They've got very much a Body and Clyde situation where, right. like, his crazy breeds her crazy and right. vice versa. Um, but at the end, he's like, this is a felony. I can't go back inside. <laughs> like, right. he's, like when this ha- once we're done with this, we got to run. Like, there's no, you can't stick around. This is real fucking is crime that we are doing. So he's yeah. not dumb. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. He just doesn't give a fuck. And he's like, I'll just get in my car and go. I don't care. I don't care. This is, now, because I really feel like the, the dynamic between Carrie and Margaret takes up, is the basis of any film version of this. Okay. Right? I think the problem with the last version is that we got a lot of Sue Snell. Uh-huh. Because it was done almost like a pol- uh, yes. police procedural. Well, and there was the the wraparound right. to make it a little bit like the epistolary-ness nature right. of the of novel, the which this has none of. No. There it is no flashback. This story is her birth, then that day in the pool, and then the seven days or whatever that right. follow to the, to the prom, and out. That's it. <laughs> what I appreciate is that even because I really felt like the second film version, the best thing about it was Angela Bettis and Patricia Clark's. Not, was it Patricia? Yes. Clarkson? Yes. Uh, playing the mom. Yeah. That was the, really the best thing, and that unfortunately got put to the side because we keep getting scenes with Candace right, McClure Candace talking McClure like a ninety-year-old woman. Well, she talked like <laughs> she should be played. I think that aside from the fact that she's discussing these issues about her girlfriend and whatever else. She could be played by Humphrey Bogart. She talks shit to the cops. She, you know, I expect her to fucking pull out a cigar and be like, right. yeah, see, yeah, <laughs> you're never going to get me, copper. There's <laughs> this weird film noir <laughs> element where, you know, it's like I'm a back to front, front to you know, that, that whole business. Yeah, that was fucking which wild. Is, I'm a back to front, or she, I'm a front to back, she's a back to front. I was is, like, I'm sorry, 
there's a very kind of tough talking, you know, kind of private dick kind of in a, thing. In a way <laughs> that no human being and right. certainly no teenage girl has ever done. Right. And what if, is I, happening? if I was watching a Hammett or something, I'd be ready for that, you know? Or the long goodbye. I'm or not. Brick, even. Right. Because we are put right, into exactly. that situation where. These are teenagers doing noir. Right. It's just her. Yeah, it's which is very her. strange because she's weird. out of out of sync with everything else that's going on around yeah, her. It's bananas. now this time. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think the real measure of it is the relationship between the mom and daughter, which is really well covered here. Yeah, and how the the supporting cast is taken, and I think that we never get enough of what the hell Billy Nolan is thinking. And the only yeah. version that did that was the first one. The first one, okay. And I think the first one because you had an obvious future star, John Travolta, right. who you're just watching anytime he's on screen, he's doing something. Right, but also in that, move, in that mm. one, Chris is very much the offender. Right. Chris is, and yeah. is like... I'll fuck you if you do these things. Right. You're like, you're only going to get this if you do... Like, it, she's very much using sex to get him yeah. to do these things. And he's like, enough of a bad boy to like be like, all right, let's do this crazy shit. Well, but he not, feels, he's not a mastermind. Right. He's not a criminal yet. Yeah. And she makes him one. Right. And in this one, very much it feels like... I mean, he definitely hits her. Yeah. Right? Like, that's... The, although that was a thing, too. And was it the second one? Where doesn't he belt the shit out of her at one point? I like in the car? Remember, right. I feel like in the car, at one point, a Billy Nolan has hit a Chris Harkinson right. in a way that was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, and I could have, ex- I would have expected that to happen here too. This Billy Nolan is very much like, he's well, got a strike, maybe two. Yeah, this guy kind of looks like. He's you know, definitely got a rap sheet. When he's, he's not hanging at the bar drinking, he's out, uh, you know, doing MMA with his buddies or something. He just, just looks like he, a. He definitely a thug. blows he, shit up for fun. Right. Like, he's. The neighborhood yeah. cats have gone missing. Yeah. Um, no, that's he, kind of what this guy mm-hmm. looks like. And she is clearly in over her head. Mm-hmm. But then they do have this Bonnie Clyde thing because at the end, right. he, she's like, well, what are we going to do? And he goes, we just have to keep driving and so never look you, back. And she's like, awesome. And then they kiss and then, you know. Right. They, they, they just see themselves <sighs> as running for the border and, and then it doesn't work out so well for them. No. But yeah, I never get, I, that's the only pity is that with this version, like the last one, we don't really, I don't get a good sense of Billy Nolan and why the hell he's doing any of this. Um, I get a better sense with Tommy Ross and the relationship between Tommy and Carrie is really good in this. It one. is. The Sue is played by a like literal ass angel. Uh, yes, I believe so. Unbelievably stunning. Her name is Gabriella Wild. Listen to this first sentence uh-huh. or second second. So, these two sentences. This is from her IMDb page. Uh-huh. Gabriella Gabriella Wild was born in Bassington, Bassingstoke, Hampshire, England. She is descended from the aristocratic Guff Calthorpe family. <laughs> uh, uh, of course she is. Uh, her mother, Vanessa Mary Teresa Hubbard, is the former wife of socialite or socialite Sir Di Llewellyn. I didn't know you could be a male socialite, so that's I'd interesting. Never heard of this. Fourth baronet. Her father, businessman John Austin, mm-hmm. and Stuther Goff Calthorpe, is a former chairman of the Watermark Group. Uh, she's a model. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Surprise, Unsurprising. Surprise. Right. Her, her last... Um, she's she's going to be in Wonder Woman 1984. 
Mm-hmm. She's done. She's in every episode of Poldark, so she's clearly okay, a main character in that short. Yes, and then her her before that her last uh, thing from twenty fifteen was Gabriella Wi- Gabriella Wilde for Estee Lauder. So she's one of their spokesmodels. Spokesmodels. Right. So she is unbelievably beautiful. She she literally says five things in this movie. Well, it's almost she, she's this sort of statuesque beauty, very much like Heidi Klum. Where she looks like she's about seven feet tall. She is. She's five foot ten. Um, she's willowy as hell. Her limbs look so long. Right. She's so blonde and fair. It's unreal. Like, she, and I was concerned because uh, in real life, Portia Doubleday, the woman who plays Chris, mm-hmm. is also blonde. Now they have brunetted her in this, okay. which is good because I think the two of them next to each other would get confusing. Well, also, <laughs> although Portia is. Significantly shorter than that. Uh, also, Gabrielle. Carrie is blondish in this movie. Carrie, they have, it's I gotta like say, they, it's probably a wig. Wig, her hair is the weirdest strawberry blonde I've ever it seen. It's like, to me like they, well, her mom's a Julianne Moore. Right. So we gotta put some red in They've this blonde. And it her is, hair or something. It I, looks orange. It's yeah. so bizarre. It is very weird. Um, but Sue doesn't say a whole lot. She's just she kind of steps back from the original right. pelting with the hygiene However, products. I can say that in this role, I can see more of her machinations. Yes, I can see that more in this one. That she she seemed to. I can see very clearly that she's manipulating people into doing this. Yeah, out of some sort of very kind of wounded sense of um her own self. Yes, like I'm a bad person. Yes. So that worked Which out pretty well. Which is also odd because we we meet her mother, who just seems like a normal mother, mm-hmm. and we see her, and she's clearly the most beautiful girl at this school. Right. Like, because she's she looks the way she looks. She's the most beautiful girl at almost any school. Right. Like, <laughs> like, and I kind of wish she looked like a like a normal person. Well, I think that. I had that feeling that Chloe Grace Moretz was too pretty for this role. Well, and I think that that's they right. they know that, and they actually take steps because um, you'll notice that Portia Doubleday has she's orange, like she's way spray tanned. Mm-hmm. She's got bad extensions in. Right. She is set up to look like she is trying to look prettier than she is and right. is jealous of and and that kind of comes out in that sentence of she's been she's been asking for this since right. you know since kindergarten or whatever like although you haven't known her since kindergarten like where does she get off being so pretty there's a little bit of that from her so they they made her up like that mm-hmm. because Chloe Moretz is very pretty and I, I, and I, in the book yeah Carrie is supposed to be overweight and pimply mm-hmm. and plain but not ugly. Right. Uh, they had, uh, and Stephen King actually said when they were casting this one, they're like, why don't you get uh, Lindsay Lohan? Right, which is surprising, right. Because he lo- she looks like Sissy Spacek. Oh, I didn't think of that. Which I don't think she does. I don't, I didn't. But that was his reasoning. And Sissy Spacek was like, well, that's very flattering because um, Carrie in the book doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily look like me. 
and it, it's flattering. And she's a very pretty girl, so it's that's very flattering to me that you, that you would now, say that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, there's a longer extension of time in the book, and so Carrie, like loses weight and does all sorts of like a health regimen to I I don't know I, I don't think so I haven't read the book yeah because in, at one uh, point Tommy becomes infatuated with her and it was either her honesty or her I think it might just be that she's like a nice person right like I think she puts makeup on to cover up her pimples right. and I don't think she was like morbidly obese no, she no, just no, was no. the beginning of the shower scene it describes her as looking like an ape at one point because uh, she's she's not Right. Obviously, doing any kind of depilatory or shaving regimen, but she, uh, which what we it, see, there, there's definitely like her. She's shaving her legs in this. Right. Like, there's no way. Um, um, but yeah, there was a, a difference, in, and I'm trying to remember because the book was a very long time ago for me. Yes, yeah. But um, but I thought that Chloe Grace Moretz is a really good actress. She is. Also, she is one of the only people. First of all, uh-huh. she started when she was so young, and yes. she was always playing. Her own age. Yeah. So she has this timeless child, or this like, this endless childhood. Well, yes, and this is how I felt. And it's just she was doing a lot of work back to back. I felt like it when I mentioned this to you because uh, we just finished Snowpiercer, the TV show, which I also really liked, by the way. Um, seeing Jennifer Connelly, that I don't know how old she is because I saw her at ten, I saw her at fourteen, and I saw right. her. at... And so it's like you said, an endless childhood. Like, how old is she now? And she's still only, she's twenty three yeah. now. That's so crazy, because I've seen right. her since she was a kid. Right. And, and she's, she's been kind of... starring right. in things yeah. since she was very young, and she always played her own age. Um, so, yeah, she's got seventy one credits wow. at the age of twenty three or twenty four, mm-hmm. maybe. She was born in 1997. Right. Uh, and she started in 2004. And I'm trying to think of where the first thing, the eye maybe. She's in 500 Days of Summer. That's right. And then Kick-Ass, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Let Me In. The, so like 2010 was a huge She's year. done a Hammer film, too. 2010, she did Kick-Ass, Space Dogs, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Super Duper, Super Sleuths, which is a short. She did a voice, her voice in Kick-Ass the Game and Let Me In. And so that's five things in 2018. And then Hugo was the next year. Dark Shadows was the year after that. Kick-Ass 2 was the year after that. Dark Shadows, it felt as if she wandered onto and the set And this was the film. same as year as Kick-Ass 2. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Muppets Most Wanted was the year after that, along with, like, Clouds of Sils Maria and If I Stay, The Equalizer. She's got shorts sprinkled into all of these fucking major movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she's... And then 2018, Suspiria. Greta. Um, she was a voice of Snow White in something called Sh- Red Shoes and Seven Dwarfs in 2019. She's Wednesday Adams' voice in the new Adams family that came out last year. She's in Bojack Horseman and a show called Gaslight. So she's doing a lot of voice work too. Mm. Um, and then she's got one, two, three, three things in pre production and two things in post production right now, including Tom and Jerry. Why are they making Tom and Jerry? 
It's for the same reason they made Scoob. <laughs> like, um, so she's done a lot of shit right. in a decade. Like an obscene amount of things for a child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's weird to me because I'm like, well, she's got to be 30 by now. No. Nope. No. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Uh, so I, I like that casting because she's got more of a kid in her than mm-hmm. obviously the 25 and the 28-year-old right. had. A full decade plus older than the, the character that they're playing. Um, and... And I think Tommy Ross is probably also my favorite Tommy Ross, even though I do love William Katz's beautiful golden curls, and I don't like Ansel Elgort at all ever. I like him in this. Is this his first movie? It's he's a character here. I mean, he's not. He is. It's before he's developed the personality. That Any he's, kind of anything, right. yes. Um, and so he's playing a guy who's a little dim-witted, maybe. Yeah. And he's a jock. He's definitely a jock. And um, he is doing this, and he's a little slow on the uptake every single time, but he is becoming infatuated with her yes. over the course of the evenings. And, and it, it, it fits really well with this, this story. Um, it just, he has, I feel so sorry for Tommy in this story because he gets killed in such a stupid way. Like, yeah. what a dumb way to go. Well, he's, he's killed in a dumb way. In all of them. No, no, no. I mean, in the story. In oh, the story, yes. Yeah. Carrie, yeah. It's, I got gotcha. he, He's murdered by a bucket. And on the one hand, that is the most realistic way anybody dies in Carrie. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's such a dumb I know. Kind it of... sucks because it's like, well, he definitely didn't fucking deserve that. Right. Because he's legit. Like, he's not there as a goof. Right. It's not a, a it's not a bet or a dare. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not getting anything. And right. he's legitimately trying to make it like... A good night for them. Right. Not just for him. Not like, yeah. well, I brought her here and now she's on her own and I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. She's legit. He's le- like, he's legitimately a nice dude. Right. And then and that so bucket just going. And uh, what I like in this film is that when he dies, that's really the signal for when everything goes wrong. I mean, the yes. pig's blood is bad enough, but when she looks back and sees him dead. Yeah, no. That's she's just like that cracks it. Ha- no, yeah, and it yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking because I was like, oh, he's like a good dude. <laughs> well, he was. <laughs> he's like a good dude. Well, he's the dead guy covered in, in pig's blood. Pig's blood, and he ne- like in this one he doesn't laugh because there's a little bit of a giggle. Mm-hmm. I think at least in the first one. Right. I can't remember who played Tommy Ross in the second one. I don't even remember. Uh, don't I can't put a face to it. Um, but in the in the like there's a little bit of a giggle in this one. So they go and they get the blood, and mm. Billy Nolan gives the sledgehammer to kill the pig to some other dude who's like, I got this, and then he's like, I got this. <laughs> and then Billy Nolan kisses that sledgehammer before he hits the right. pig. So the actor that played Billy Nolan got super sick, because you know what was on that sledgehammer? Pig feces. Oh, <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, so don't kiss the sledgehammer before murdering Really? An That's what happened to That's him. legitimately what happened. Oh yeah, it was, it's, it, well... IMDB says right. <laughs> in its trivia that that is what happened. So that's what I can that's what I can tell you. Uh, God, I can't imagine. I've been near pigs on the farm, and the I won't smell put any of this in my comes. mouth. <laughs> yes, yes no, near my mouth. You must be devoted to your art if you. It's like, wild. If you did that. Uh, 
Well, <laughs> my problem with finding him on this is he's not on the the first page mm-hmm. in the IMDb cast is Margaret, Carrie, Sue, Chris, Tina, Heather, Nikki, Lizzie, Tommy, George, Miss Desjardins, Principal Morton, and then Miss Helen Finch, Greg Delaw. Del- wow, he's Deloy, way back there. And Harry T- Tennant. Mm-hmm. Tennant. He's not even on here. Right. He does, and I'm just like... For a major character, that's weird. For, yeah, it's very strange. That's why I was like... And his name is Alex Russell, that mm-hmm. actor. And he was fine. He was doing what he was asked to do. It wasn't very interesting. It wasn't very much. And it wasn't very much. Yeah. He's in the movie Chronicle, which is a movie that I enjoyed. Um, and in a movie The Host, which is a movie that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's got a... He's got a well, this was not... History, TV. and now he's on that SWAT TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, as a main character. Right. He's in, he's been in 66 episodes. So uh, so he's doing that. And then, under my skin is different than under the skin. So he's got a new thing called that. Uh, it's in uh, post-production. Forever now. Everything's in post-production. Nothing ever is coming mm. out again. This is it. We have all the media we're going to have. I'm mostly joking. Um, so, yeah, Ansel Elgort, first screen appearance. We see him twice in the next year, both in Divergent and in The Fault in Our Scars. Stars. <laughs> the Fault in Our Scars. The Fault in Our Stars as the lover of Shailene Woodley and then the brother of Shailene Woodley. Weird. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets to do all of those detergent movies. And I don't... I liked Baby Driver when I watched it. He's a weird, he's a weird dude. Like, I feel like he thinks he's artsy and, um, and interesting. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> you're a child, but that's fine. I mean, you do you. Mm. So he brings her to the prom after a fight with, uh, her mom. Cause she's wearing a dress that she says is modest. It's not y'all. There, that word has a religious connotation. Like, mm-hmm. like group, there are religious groups that, follow modesty guidelines Mm -hmm. and her dress does not it is to the floor right but beyond that it is backless and her arms are bare right and her cleavage is visible it's not you know obscene we get the line dirty pillows looks like a dress she calls them dirty pillows because you cannot i'm sorry that is the uh, really the only thing that i need from a carrie movie is she has to call them dirty pillows and then carrie has to just go their breasts, mom. Like I don't. You, ha- everybody, have. We have all. It, it, stop it. You have them. You have them. I um, have them. Which leads to the one piece of characterization that we really get from Margaret White in this film. Yeah. When she admits that uh, apparently she was married to another religious fanatic. Yes. And that one day he was overcome with. After never having consummated their relationship, right. after they've been married, he's overcome. And he rapes her, and she likes it. That right. is that, and that I think is from the story. I think right. that is the, the tale that is told. But um, and then he's not in the picture anymore. And I'm not sure exactly what. I've I'm pretty never... sure uh, he just runs away. But right. it's un- yeah, it's never clear where Dad is. And so, and then she reveals at that moment too that she wanted to kill her right out of the womb. Right out of the womb, yeah. And uh, she doesn't. <laughs> and she says that, and Carrie looks at him and goes. That's a horrible thing to right. say. And I'm like, that is a fucking horrible thing well, to I say. Like and good that. for you, Carrie, for being like, 
Bitch, you didn't need to say that to me. Carrie That's... gets progressively stronger as adaptations go. Mm-hmm. And I also like... The internet helps, I think, because she can do the research. Because right. she right at the beginning, she's moving things. Mm-hmm. She's pushing things. She's turning things on and off. And she's doing research in the library about telekinesis. Right. So she's getting... And, and previously, it's in the library and it's books and whatnot. But now, the internet. Internet's better, faster, mm. stronger, all that good stuff. So she gets that information and that's sort of how she knows what's going on with her. Right. I think that that works better because you're able to get more information faster. Yeah. Um, I liked... Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that there's that's one of the things that adapts really well. Yes. That updates really well, rather. Yes. But, so yeah. she locks her mom in the closet to, mm-hmm. so that she can go out. And then she goes out with Tommy. And Tommy's like... And they pull up to the, um, the dance. And this mm-hmm. is a very similar scene in all of the movies, which is, can we just sit here for a second? He's like, are you scared? And she's like, yes. <laughs> uh, which I like. And uh, he's like, it's going to be fine. They go in. His best friend has a, a girlfriend from another school who mm-hmm. is instantly very welcoming to Carrie because she doesn't know who this girl is. Also, right? she's black. She's black. And so is the friend. Black. The friend. The, yes. Yes. That's Everyone, right. There's, there's some Negroes in this story that were not there before. I don't like Thank this you very term. much. Um, yes. No. Which um, I, yeah, I like that. And But I like that she was from another school. So, right. so she was like, if they kill each other, I'll dance with you. Like, she just is instantly right. like, she's, we're in this together. And I think the, uh, the idea of casting black actors in this particular in that particular part works. I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because it's also that they're you know, best friends because they're on a sports team together. Yeah, they're jocks. And the girl is there because she doesn't know anybody and yes, she knows exactly what it feels like to be on the outs. Right. And, but she doesn't know that this girl is on the outs. Right. She's beautiful when she walks in. She right. has a dress that everybody is like, that dress though. And not as much as in the other one where it's like, right. your ass. And she's like, what? And that's like, okay, can we not? Uh, and then this one though, they're like, she she comes in looking like any other girl. She's right. not yeah. a freak, right? We see the ballot box stuffing. They mm-hmm. vote for themselves. And then it's by one vote that they win. Right. He dances with her. I don't think he kisses her. I don't think so. I don't no. think so. But they dance. Which actually makes more sense. And they're very, yes, because he does still have a girlfriend. Sue is lurking in the background. Oh, that's the other thing. Creepy Sue. Sue. Okay. Creepy Sue. So Chris intimates that Sue is waiting to have sex with Tommy until prom night is mm-hmm. the big plan. She's got, right. got the hotel room. They're going to have sex Even together for had, the first they, time. They have sex they earlier in the film. have had sex because right. she buys a pregnancy test. Right. Y'all, the pregnancy test in these Stephen King movies. Although in this one, she doesn't die. Spoiler alert. Sue makes it. She makes it to the end. She's the only one who makes it to the end. Um, so uh, she has bought a pregnancy test and she's very upset about her possible pregnancy, which... Yeah, correct. She's like 16 or something. Although, are they supposed to be seniors? It's unclear. And Miss Desjardins is uh, less of an asshole. I've... She they have uh, she always has this scene where she's like, you're going to look like an idiot with her next to right. you. And I'm like, that's fucked up. But that scene is... <sighs> I like... I've always liked Miss Desjardins. Uh, the first one was harder to like because she's constantly like slapping, slapping the shit out of people. <laughs> she uh, only slaps one person in this one, and it's yeah. Carrie at the very beginning when she's clearly hysterical. like hysterical and yeah. has moved. Like she right. did a telekinetic thing, 
And so she slaps her, and then she's like, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't right. have done that, but I, I yeah. Uh, so the first film, she's kind of this Amazon who slaps people around and cusses them out, and uh, you know, I wanted to chomp a cigar as well. like, how is... And the second film, I think the actress they cast was very glamorous for some yeah. strange reason, just like ridiculously glamorous. I'm like, have you ever seen a, a gym teacher, like, right. ever? She kind of looks like she should be playing Wonder Woman or something, and same thing, slaps people around, calls them... A lot of I hitting. think Judy Ger, who I like as an actress, I also, love her. Put her in literally everything. Right. I think that she really made the village fun. Yes. The the Night Shyamalan yeah, movie yeah, yeah. where she, and she was wonderful in that movie because she is just really funny in this very straight faced movie. She has a scene with Joaquin Phoenix, um, confessing her love. That's just amazing. Yeah. Is that mm, okay? Yeah, where, where he's like deadpan and she is just pouring right. out her well, love. Well, he's not... Oh, no, that's Adrian, Adrian Brody. Right. Um, but, um, so she's always kind of a joy to watch. And in this one, she, she is, plays... and she's always like... More of a person, I think. The second, the second, yeah. the second. And it drives me fucking nuts. Because yeah, because she clearly should be the lead. She was really good also in The uh, Descendants with George Clooney uh, as the woman who's been cheated on. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that movie very yeah, well. Yeah, so. she's really great. But um, in this film, she's playing it as an actual person. And so when she does, you know, confront Tommy, it feels like she's doing this out of some sense of confusion or she's just as apprehensive as as Carrie is. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you dare do this to her. She's been through enough. If you're joking around, I'm going to beat you up or that kind of thing. Yeah, yes. But she also literally says, don't you think you're going to look ridiculous when you show up with her? Which yeah, is I don't up. think that... It, it, I think almost like she's playing into his male vanity. She's trying to pick and see or tease out what thread this is, you know, is holding this together. So I didn't feel like she was being honestly mean as, as much as she was trying to find where he's coming from or stop it somehow. Yeah, or stop it because she yeah. thinks it's just more A prank. Trap. Yeah. Which it, it, it isn't, but it certainly could be. Yeah. Um, and then who calls Sue? She gets a call, and that's why she shows up. I thought it was... Was it Chris? It... I think it was Chris, and yeah. I think she calls her and says, like, you know, your boyfriend looks good, or, or your, 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 your project looks good for now, but she won't for long. Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Uh, stuffing the ballot box, they're up in the top and they win and they get brought up to the front they get mushed with 15 gallons of a pig's blood that come well, out of a one gallon first, bucket it's fine and right. they're singing and he's like hey what's up everybody and the and then she pulls a couple of times and can't get it open and that's like right about when sue gets there but she can't mm-hmm. get she's not quite quite there she's still outside the building and then yeah she pulls and she just stays there so uh, Chris is bad at her one fucking job that she demanded she do. Uh, And then the blood, and then there's a few beats, and then they project that Mm -hmm. video from the beginning onto the onto the walls. And that's when people start laughing. And this is is a big thing that I, a problem that I actually have with this story and mm-hmm. I have it in every single adaptation and I have it with the original source mm-hmm. material. I do not believe that they would laugh. 
it's fucking horrifying what has just happened to this girl. And maybe kids in 1976 would laugh. Mm -hmm. I do not believe kids in 2013 would laugh. I do not believe in kids in 2008 would laugh. And I certainly don't believe kids in 2020 would laugh at what's happening right Mm. now. Because it's clearly disgusting. Like, it's deeply horrible what has happened to her. And it's not funny. Like, it's not a funny thing. It is violent and horrible. Mm -hmm. And every time somebody starts laughing, and maybe it is supposed to be like a nervous yeah like sort of expulsion that then other people think is funny and they don't know how to respond and so laughter erupts but if you're telling me that that a group of people even children who are fucking terrible (laughs) would laugh at this i can't i just can't it's it's a it's a it's disbelief i cannot suspend okay and it's true of literally every version of it and it because it happens in the original thing it's going to be true of every version of it and it's also what sets her off right Mm -hmm. and then the thing falls down she's taken a couple of steps forward she's looking at herself she's covered in blood and then the bat the bucket falls hits Mm -hmm. tommy and then he uh, is lifeless in the pool of blood at which point, I think that's when Sue kind of arrives and goes, no. And then right. they like push her. And then Miss Desjardins sees her and is like, you need to get the fuck out of right. here. Although she did the punishment. So she could certainly have gone to prom. Right. Uh, and that is when uh, she unleashes hell on these people. And I guess in the book, Carrie runs out and then seals everybody in mm-hmm. and watches through the window what's happening. Now, I think the reason that they're all filmed within, well, A, it just looks better because you already have a hard thing with telekinesis being right. filmed. We've talked about it many times. It doesn't, it's not. It's not cinematic. It's not cinematic. But also, I don't know how many multi-purpose rooms that you've been in. They don't have any fucking windows. Right. So, <laughs> so they've got the little windows in the door. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Right. Because as multi-purpose rooms, those walls are all like cafeteria tables or shit mm-hmm. and shit pulled down or bleachers right. pulled into the wall. They don't have windows. They might at the very top mm-hmm. to let some light in, but there's not a real good way to look in windows to a situation like this. Right. And they, all of these proms have taken place at the high schools, which is also not necessarily a thing. You mm-hmm. can have your prom elsewhere. Yeah. Many places do. Uh, but th- so I think those are the two sort of reasons. And in this one, she's elevating herself, lifting herself up. She picks Mr. Jordan up by the um, neck and moves her mm-hmm. out of the moisture on the floor, which is she's about to electrocute. And she kills a bunch of people. She just kills a bunch of people with electricity and water and moving uh, furnitures. Uh but a lot of people get out. She also doesn't seal the doors entirely. And there is a cut where suddenly she's outside. We don't mm-hmm. see her leave. But she's outside and so are many other people. Right. They find, they find a way of escaping. Right. She's not... And so it's... Because in that second one, uh-huh. she massacres all... all right. There's hundreds of dead people in yeah. that one. And in this one, she probably kills like 20 people well, and then we she have, gets out. We have the aerial view of the town uh, Right. On As fire. she's walking home... Right. She's decimating the town, right. like the the um, 
hydrants are exploding mm-hmm. and um, there's fires breaking out. But she didn't just kill literally everyone at that prom, which yeah. Angela Bettis definitely did. Um, and then we uh, have her walking, and Chris and Billy, Chris and Billy get in a car that is totally blocked in, mm-hmm. and it makes no sense. I understand it's his car, right? But on the way to the car, they saw there was a car on both sides and in front and behind. So where do you think that, you're yeah. gonna go? And there's she's like, you've got an inch. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's yeah. literally no way for that vehicle to get out of that spot. But they do. I guess Mm. another car comes and pulls out or something, and they get out of there. But I'm just like, this bad getaway car maneuverability. Uh, And they go to one uh, carryover when they see her in the street. After they have the the conversation of, what do we do now? And Mm -hmm. um, Billy's like, we just got to get on the run and never stop. And I'm like, Thelma and Louising it. I love it. (laughs) Or Bonnie and Clyding. And that's when... Um, Queen and uh, Slimming? I think that this Although is... Although they were righteous. <laughs> I think this actually has... Uh, I didn't necessarily like the first film with, you know, the car turning over. Or the second film where the car falls in half, like we're watching X-Men. But this version has probably the nastiest comeuppance. It does. So, to, Carrie's um, standing in front of the car and mm-hmm. they gun it. And sh- they both... Oh, she's wearing a seatbelt. Chris is wearing a seatbelt. Billy is not. Mm-hmm. And she basically stops the car. Like there's a there's Carrie a, does. Yeah, Carrie mm-hmm. stops the car, and like there's a, an invisible wall, and Billy is killed instantly. You, and you see it, mm-hmm. like his fucking face is broken into his skull. Like right. there's that that's he's done, and she's not. She you can see that she's like rattled, and her neck is fucked mm-hmm. up. But because she was wearing a seatbelt, she doesn't die. Right. And then she takes her seatbelt off like a fucking winner. And tries to gun it again, at which point she is killed. Right, she's killed her face coming through the front windshield. Yes. Um, like that movie Stuck? Yeah. Ooh. yeah it, it <laughs> but just, the other way around. It's a really interesting image. Um, and it works really well for the movie. Yeah, and she doesn't die right away. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of... And then the whole car explodes. Right. But yeah, you definitely see her face coming through the window with the cracks all coming out. Yeah. And glass, like, there's glass in her cheek. You're like, I'm surprised there's not glass in her eyeball. And I'm like, hmm, me too. <laughs> no, that would be an Argento movie. And so Carrie makes her way home, at mm-hmm. which point she kind of comes to. She doesn't right. understand why she's covered in blood. She can't find her mom. She goes upstairs, gets in a bath. All three of these Carries yeah. get in a bath. Well... Covered in blood. Anybody bathing in a Stephen King story, this is the uh, the beginning of the end, I think. Well, no, it's not even that. But, I mean, when you go to... Because there's a scene in Bag of Bones, we read last week, where he hears the bathtub running, and I'm like, don't go to the bathtub. Don't go to the bathtub. This is Stephen King land, there's nothing good in that bathtub, and yes, there was a rotting corpse in the bathtub. Yeah, right. And the shining and... Right, a rotting corpse in the bathtub. My problem is none of those things. Mm Mm-hmm. You do not get in a bathtub covered in blood. Right. You get in a shower, or you stand in the tub and you run water over your body and oh, rinse okay. it down. She's just now mm-hmm. in a blood soup. Okay. Why would you do I that? I have no idea. I can't uh, defend this point, this choice. Yes. Uh, and then Margaret comes back, and 
Oh, I think that's actually when Margaret tells her. It might be. I think that's when she tells her mm. I I was not raped, but we gave into temptation after they prayed for strength. And she liked it. And then she stabs she hugs her and stabs her in the back. That's similar to all of them. Mm-hmm. At which point Carrie stabs her with everything and almost always in a cruciform pattern against right. the wall. This uh, is where it starts playing all the notes that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And the only added, uh, the unusual detail is that because Sue comes in to stop it. Sue comes in. But Carrie won't kill her. No, she picks her up, but she can tell that there's a baby girl right, inside of her. Because she's pregnant. So she like pushes her outside and then um, all of the house or all the rocks fall from the sky. You are just like, you hate that scene. You I hate, hate that. The, yes. In this, those were real rocks. Okay. Good they not. weren't like big, bouncy <laughs> styrofoam rocks. They were real rocks. Um, and then the house collapses and sinks and, and then she's presumably dead too. Um, there was a scene that they cut out where uh, Sue uh, testifies in court on this case. That scene was in the film. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. I saw that it was cut out, so I didn't Well, it I could be that we saw it. a cut. That yeah, that's it, true. Yeah, that included it. And then she goes to visit their graves, um, and her and Carrie's grave has been vandalized. So Carrie White burns in hell, and mm-hmm. she places white roses by the headstone, and as she leaves, <coughs> excuse me, the gravestone, sh- like, shatters and you can hear some screaming that's the end of the movie so so what do you think overall tell me why like i said i think it's my favorite version of this i thought everybody was really very good um i'm just looking at the accolades section people's choice award won the favorite horror movie chloe won best actor young actor or actress in the saturn awards julianne moore came in third for the fink or hit chainsaw awards <laughs> well i'm sure that that uh, she was listing that on her among her accolades i came in third place for the fangoria no she's chainsaw not. that's fine no she's fine um, no, she, doesn't she have an Oscar? No, I think so. maybe not. Maybe if she not. doesn't, she should. I'm trying to think of where she would get an Oscar. Uh, Magnolia. Oh, yeah, Magnolia would be where she got an Oscar. Um, although I don't think she got one of the Magnolia Oscars. There is no awards and nominations. Received by Julianne Moore. It's a separate fucking page. One, I'm looking for green. Academy Awards, still Alice. That's right. And she won the BAFTA for that as well. She won a Golden Globe for that and for Game Change. But still Alice is is her win. She's been nominated for five Academy Awards. Won the last one. For Boogie Nights, The End of the Affair, Far From Heaven, and The Hours. So, no, no Magnolia. Mm, I would have thought. Uh, up for BAFTA for End of the Affair, The Hours and the Kids are all right and still Alice. And Golden Globes, she won for four, Shortcuts for Best Cast when that was a thing. Mm. 
She was nominated for Boogie Nights at Nine Tail Husband, End of the Affair, Far From Heaven, A Single Man, Kids Are Alright, Game Change, Still Alice, and Maps of the Stars. So she's been a Golden Globe darling. Apparently, Judy, Jodie Foster was uh, thought to be a good person for this one. All right, so let's bang this out. So mm. I liked it the best. What do you do think? I, I liked it better than some of the others. I think that what fails for me always is that None of them is really a horror film, but that's not really what the story no, is either. No, that's not. And so I, there's elements that I really like from this one. I think it tells the story really well yeah. without dipping into this weird territory of I certainly like this one better than, than the Bettis one. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that she was 28 really did take away from it. Even mm-hmm. though she was very good, she was mm-hmm. still a grown-ass woman. Right. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about Under the Dome. We still don't know how we're going to do it. So I will put some stuff. Check your show notes. Check your show notes, and we'll tell you what we watch. Okay. In the meantime, do you have anything to recommend? I think I recommended it. (laughs) Sadly, I can't think of something in particular. I will recommend, if you Uh, like a time loop story, I will recommend Palm Springs on Hulu with Andy Samberg, who's weirdly watchable, and Christina... Christian Mil... Melody, Christian, Christina, or Kristen? I guess it is Kristen Melody. Mm-hmm. Well, when I looked at the Wikipedia page, or like the little palm strippings mm-hmm. thing that comes up in Google, the actors that they list are Andy Samberg, Akiva Schaefer, Jorma Tacone, Becky Sloviter, Dylan Sellers, and Chris Parker. I don't know who most of those fucking people are. They didn't list the main woman. Kristen Melody, who I like, and she's been in uh, a lot of things that I enjoy and then get canceled. Uh, also, she was your mother in the How I Met Your no Mother. mother. So, <laughs> um, so I liked it. I like a time loop movie. I like Happy Death Day better, but I think that Palm Springs was watchable. It was fun. Uh, so I think that's what I will recommend. I'm sorry, guys. My computer is dying, so I'm getting nervous. Okay. So next week, Under the Dome... Uh, in the meantime, uh, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or if you know a place we could move to, email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at, at latecomerspod. You can find us on Facebook by searching Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. And until next time, I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you better, better late, late than, than never. never.